uh, get started and continue in Exodus. Uh, we're talking about obedience and worship. How to honor God, our unit uh, this month is uh, uh, obedience uh, and uh, worship. And uh, today we're going to be looking at chapter 40, uh, verses 16 through 21, uh, verses 29 through 30, and 34 and 38. We'll conclude uh, with, uh, this is, uh, some of you probably already found out that if you uh, don't uh, read the context in which it's reading, a lot of the background material is provided for today's lesson. But there is a message uh, that uh, is written strictly for us in this day. And uh, authors have entitled it, Obedience in Building the Tabernacle. Obedience in Building the Tabernacle. We talked about obedience and respect week before, and we're talking about worshiping God alone. But here, God makes uh, 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 a command or demand on the people uh, of Israel about building uh, this area, this tabernacle that would house the Ark of the Covenant. And so we're going to see how that applies to us today, but I do need some volunteers today I need uh, at least one. If, is there one person on the call today who has built a house from scratch? In other words, they had the land, they put up a house, they built it. Okay. All right. Oh, perfect. Perfect, 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 perfect. All right. Uh, good. All right. Uh, Brother Bogan, lead us to the throne of grace. And then we'll get started this morning on obedience and building the tabernacle. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, once again, we thank you, Lord God. We come to you with humble hearts, asking you, God, to forgive us of our sins, seen and unseen, and that you would search our hearts, Lord God, and take things away that would cause us to stumble. Lord God, we want to thank you for this day, thanking you for allowing us to come together again in a week that you've looked over us, Lord God. We want to thank you, Lord God, for the brother that was just wondering for 21 years you watched over him, and now he's safely with his family again and can testify to the glory of your name. Lord God, we thank you for our pastor. We thank you for the men uh, and the ladies of our church. We ask that you touch each and every one of them, Lord God. Thank you for everybody in their respective places, as well as under the sound of my voice, Lord God. Lord God, we ask you to be with those that have lost loved ones, Lord God, because you call us home when we don't know the time or the day or the hour, but we understand that you understand what you're doing. We might not get it, Lord God, and it's hard to to take that loss, Lord God, but we understand what's going on because we're only here for a season. But in that time frame, Lord God, we ask that you touch our hearts because we grieve the loss of that loved one, the time that was spent on that loved one and the time that they took up in our lives. We ask that you would touch our hearts and help us to get through those things, Lord God. Touch our bodies, Lord God. We understand that you are a healer for those that are sick and didn't talk about it, Lord God. Those that have aches and pains in this body, Lord God, we ask that you touch them right now. We ask that you touch the speaker, Lord God, and everybody that is traveling, that you give them traveling grace, Lord God, that they get to and from their destination safely, Lord God, as only you can. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 
we've been talking about obedience and extensively and uh, some may have thought today, uh, I didn't uh, check attendance uh, for the superintendent, but I got a sneaky suspicion that some uh, uh, looked at it and said, nah, uh, that's not for me, you know, learning that Old Testament stuff. Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm constantly reminded every day in my personal studies and certainly in my formalized studies that uh, uh, much of what is written about Christ, uh, the background and the detail is in the Old Testament. So if you say you know him, but you reject the Old Testament, uh, you're being a hyper-dispensationalist and uh, you're missing divine revelation. Today's lesson uh, points that out because uh, most folk would try to figure out, man, how, what, what does this, this mean for me? Well, <clears throat> that's why uh, I'm here. I'm hoping to be able to share in the few moments that we have left uh, what this really should mean to you. Uh, and uh, so that uh, we won't lose too many, uh, rather than uh, dwell on a build, uh, 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 emphasizing uh, obedience and building the tabernacle, uh, I'll give you a subtitle to run with, Do It God's Way. Uh, do It God's Way, That's because that's what I'm going to talk about this morning. Uh, certainly, uh, we want to keep... Uh, uh, the Davies family and certainly the Randall family uh, in prayer. Uh, those that are traveling, because as Steve says, it is dangerous out there. It is crazy uh, out there. And uh, it's nothing but the hand of God that delivers us from destination to destination. We owe him so much. Almighty God, if he collected his debt on us right now, we'd be in deep trouble. But you know what? He didn't count it as a debt. He counted as a, a covenant that you would enter into covenant with him and obey. Obey him in every aspect of your life. So much so that today's lesson, now you're talking about getting into detail. I, I know I know there's some that said, no, nah, I don't deal with that. But I asked, uh, I solicited a, uh, a a person to share with us. And uh, as a matter of fact, Sister Barnhill, you can uh, also uh, uh, join the panel with Sister Pillow. And I asked the question, have you ever built a home from scratch, from the ground up, and uh uh, at least two people responded. There's probably more, but at least two. And I won't go into the other category. But Sister Pillow, uh, when you built the home that you built from the ground up, uh, just give me a, a, a 10,000 overview of, of what happened. R real big summary. You bought the land. Da, da, da. And we bought the land. We... Uh had the contractor course, had to get permits. Um, uh, they, they laid the foundation. 
because uh, we didn't want to have it because we were on the corner lot. Uh, we picked out all the the layout of the rooms and whatnot. They built, of course, excuse the me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. You, you say you picked out the layout of the rooms. Yes. Wait, wait a minute. So the people that are building the house, was this the first house they ever built? Or did you actually do the nails? No, it's not the first house they ever built. And no, I didn't pick up a hammer and nail. <laughs> That's very interesting. That's very interesting. Because you said you picked out the details of the room. Why did you do that? Why wouldn't you just leave it up to them? Because I'm the one that's going to be living in the house, not them. <laughs> Sister Bon Hill, can you hear me? Sister Bon Hill? Yes, I hear you. Uh, did did you pick out the layout? Did you do, uh, decide what the layout of the rooms were and what how it would be furnished and all of that? Yes, yeah, so there were design choices, and so they give you, you know, you get an example of a layout, but then again, so you can decide and put your own uh, bin on your own uh, home, how you want that home, how you envision okay. that home to be. So you had a vision of how the home was to be. Sister Pillow had a vision of how the home would be. And you said, this is what I want in it, based on what you wanted. So I was provided examples of homes, and then I made a decision based upon what I saw and also what I wanted to go inside of that home. Perfect, uh, perfect, based, perfect. Based we upon what was provided to me. I think we got it. I think we got it. I think we got both of you saying the same thing. Is essentially, I mean, you know, you may have had some guys, but like I say, you don't build it. And I mean, you don't make the stuff that goes in there, but, you know, people show you something. You say, I like that. And I want that. Oh, yes. I want that in the house. Now, when I asked Sister Pillow, Sister Bon Hill, why did you pick it out? Why didn't you just leave it up to the builders to how they would decorate their rooms. Here's what she told me. I'm the one got to live there. Was that the case with you? Exactly. I wanted the home to fit my particular need, my personality, and my family. <laughs> so the layout of the home was specific for my family's needs. I get it. I get it. I get it. You know, you just wanted it your way. You just wanted it your way. Thank you, Sister Barneal. Thank you, Sister Pillow. Uh, now, uh, Brother MacArthur, if you were working on that construction site and Sister Pillow came up to you and said, I want this room laid out this way, this way, and this way, would you do it the exact way that she wanted it? I would, because she's the one paying for it. Ah, she owns it. She's going to dwell in it. And that's what she said. She says, I'm going to live there. Oh, and by the way, I put up the moolah in order to build the place. So can I have it my way? This is all that God is asking. And the message is to you the same as it was to the children of Israel. 
do it my way. And Brother Davis, you, you, you know what really struck me was the fact that as you read chapter 40, you get this repetition in the text, not uh, printed today, that every time God told him to do something, to the smallest detail, it is said, and Moses did as God commanded. It's God's house. It's God's tap. It's where God is going to show up. So remember, God is the builder. You've got to make the preparations to make sure that all, you know, Sister Pillar wasn't the contractor. There was somebody there. Sister Pillar wasn't the architect, but she knew what she wanted. Sister Barton Hill says, look here, I know what my needs are. And this is what I want. Now, one of the biggest headaches you can have, and I won't even have these two ladies testify, is building a home. It is a headache. Because you got folk that just simply will not do that one way. You know, you ask for that room after all the frame-offs to be 21 by 19. You want it odd. That's so, that's an odd shit. That's what I want. God did it with the children of Israel. He even told them what kinds of people. You know, you don't even get to pick. You know, you may be able to get to pick what goes in that house, but you don't get to choose who works on that house. God was so specific. He says, these are the craftsmen that I want to work on building the tabernacle. And the word of God says, and Moses did as God commanded. Oh, I see it resonating with some of you right now. You know, see, because you're either going to do it my way or the world's way. You know, our authors give us this a little illustration in the lesson today about a young lady who was having issues about this pool and tug on the world in her life. And the pastor wrote a little note on a piece of paper, folded and gave it to her and says, now go into the chapel here and read. I mean, and meditate, pray to God. And then whenever you get through doing that, open the uh, uh, note. There are going to be two words. Scratch off one of them. And she did just as he said. And when, when she opened up the note, the two words were no and Lord. Which one are you going to scratch? Off, scratch off. Are you going to say, are you going to scratch off no and say no to the world? Are you going to scratch off Lord and say no to God? So if we if we've decided that we're going to follow Christ, then we need to do it his way. God is the builder. And by the way, 
an area we can't get into this morning. But if you really read that those uh, beginning in 30 through uh, 40 of, of Exodus, you get to see actually God's plan for salvation. And we're talking about building the tabernacle. But this morning, I just want you to focus on doing it God's way. Because we build homes, we build churches, we build businesses without consulting God. As if God does not uh, have any input whatsoever, and then we expect him to be amongst our midst. Just come in and in on any mess that we got. Brother Davis, open the mic and uh, I'll read for us. We, we, we will get out on time today, guys. <clears throat> Verse 16 and 17 shows uh, it, it's already concluded, uh, and you have to read the, the, the first 15 verses and really uh, much of the chapters, 35, 36, 37, to really show how meticulously God had laid out uh, this tabernacle. He has had executed the design. He decided what materials would be in there. He decided how they would be crafted by whom they would be crafted. And the word says Moses did exactly as God said. First two verses. Uh, Deacon Steed, unfortunately, when I was traveling, I, I forgot my book. And so um, I ask you to ask, pick someone else, please. Thank you. Sister Bonds, please. Sister Chanta. This is Kathy. Yes, good morning. Exodus 40 and 16. Thus, said, thus did Moses according to all that the Lord commanded him. So did he. And it came to pass in the first month of the second year, on the first day of the month, that the tabernacle was reared up. This, this was really interesting because all this time before, Brother Davis, Sister Bonds, what 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 uh, what 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 God was doing? He was making preparation, and it says here that in the first month of the second year, on the anniversary of their deliverance from Egypt, God raises the tabernacle. <laughs> That's so awesome. See, because it tells me that when we start planning our, 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 our worship areas, that it needs to have some sort of significance. We, we, we've got to stop just building these big old bonds just to be building. What are we doing? Are we doing it God's way? And, and I'm going to tell you, I, I'll tell you, y'all, 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 oh, I, I, I hear it now. I hear it. There it, go, there, there it goes again. There goes that old fogey again. You know, what? The last few years has shown me that 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 somebody wasn't consulting God. A lot of folk weren't consulting God when they were talking about all this stuff that they were going to do and build a sanctuary to this and build this and extend this and that. Building is a prayerful effort, and it's one that you must. It is necessary to have the guidance of God. Now, 
You don't need a whole bunch of people when it comes to the building, the actual building and assembly and the picking out of colors and all of that. But it is truly a community of faith effort. Everybody was involved. As a matter of fact, when you guys go back and read, the first thing they did, they had a vision 2020. Uh-oh, oh, 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 I'm sorry. They had a together we build. Oh, oh, I, I'm sorry. We had, they had a RBC next. All building projects, Steve. But if you look at how it was executed, God was in the center of it. And God, because you're building something for the worship of him where his presence is demanded and commanded. God says, do it my way. Don't get nobody sitting over there on the committee about, you know, what color rugs we're going to have. And that ain't important. God says, these are the details. For this first tabernacle, though, when you look at the detail, the specificity, Sister Michelle, oh, he had that thing laid. He had it for everything that would be in the tabernacle. He even had how the priest would dress in the tabernacle. And, 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 and that, that, that robe, those robes that the priest wore, Steve, it was some kind of laid out that he found. It, it was something else. Because the grand architect, if God can design the world, he can't design your building? You, you think he's going to give you something that would not meet his approval or yours? How, how, many, how many times do you look at that, that, that moon and say, oh, man, I think I could have done a better job with the moon? Come on. Do it God's way. So they did. Just as a commandment, and 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 then the, we we hear see here the first month of the second year, they started their they raised it up, and verse eighteen and nineteen says what sister Bond? and Moses reared up the tabernacle and fastened his sockets and set up the boards thereof and put in the bars thereof and reared up his pillows. And he, spread ab and he spread abroad the tent over the tabernacle and put the covering over the tent above upon it, as the Lord commanded Moses. Uh, Sister Mom, would you read that last phrase of verse 19? As the Lord commanded Moses. Oh, as the Lord commanded Moses. Now, we see here that Moses it starts this erection. This is after all those materials had been manufactured, crafted by the craftsmen. As a matter of fact, uh, God even told him, uh, Brother Davis, I don't want no slackered craftsmen. I want the best craftsmen there are. You, you don't bring your cousin uh, Uno over to uh, 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 uh uh, fix up the piping, you know, to 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 craft uh, the poles that would hold up the tent. No, I want the best of the best. 
And you know, God can do that for us when we turn it over to him. Because I know it works because it worked here. Do you realize the kind of structure? Now, this was no massive thing. Whole bunch of structures bigger, bigger than what it was. But when it was completed, y'all, it was right in the center of some two to three million people who God had provided for. Why wouldn't you do what God said when for all this time, over a year, almost two years out of, uh, 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 of uh, I, I mean, almost a year out of uh, 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 Egypt, that they start uh, erecting this tabernacle and in this tabernacle, it had all the, 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 the great stuff of their possessions. And by that, here's what I mean. I think it was around chapter 30. I, I'm not sure. But it says that when Moses asked the folk to bring their resources to build the tabernacle, he had to tell them to stop. They bought so much, they had to stop. I tell you what, every pastor this side of the Mississippi, the other side of the Mississippi, across the ocean and everywhere else, would love to have a building campaign where he had to beg the people to stop giving. But Moses literally had to command the people to stop giving. So this was a community effort. And despite the fact that they had given uh, uh, their worldly possessions, I never saw them check in on Moses. What'd you do with them a pair of earrings that I had, them gold real rings that I get? Did they did they motor that? Did you make sure they get that? Hey, Steve, they, there were no checks and balance. He didn't have no finance committee, you know, checking up on, on Moses because God was in charge of this thing. But it shows you the level of detail and and, and the community spirit that people were in it and not even going to participate in in uh, you know the the two to three million uh uh in, in driving and the nails but this was a command from God and they was willing uh to do it and then we had the, we we have this thing where uh the children of Israel in their giving to the building of the tabernacle <laughs> They never question the leadership. Never did. Because they knew he was being guided by God. So this was God's project. This was God's plan. And he was bringing it all to fruition at this time. And we find that Moses, the leader, did exactly as God commanded. He didn't go and ask uh, uh, the trustees. He didn't ask the ELT. He didn't ask anybody. He asked God. And God directed him. But let's see how it turns out. Verse 20. And he took and put the testimony into the ark. And he set the staves on the ark and put the mercy seat above up on the ark. 
Verse 20 begins, Brother Bogan, with now the contents. The tabernacle has been built. Now the contents. This box that's overlaid in gold with the law, the Ten Commandments inside of it. When you go back and read the detail, the specificity that God commanded, it makes you wonder, man, why? Why, why do we have to know all of this? Because it's a testament to the orderness, the, 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 the structure, the structure of God. God is order and he does everything in decency and in order. God will take chaos and bring it to order and meet our needs. See, they had already followed this pillow of smoke by night, knew God's glory. They already had experienced the fact that God had delivered. They had already experienced this, this wandering in the wilderness, and God is feeding them. Do you, when you just think about that, can, can he not build a tabernacle? Two to three million people, David, says what I said. That means that. There was about 3 million gallons of water a day that they would consume, Elizabeth. And yet, they had water. The, the food per day would fill two trains a mile long. And every day, on schedule, God provides. Can he not build a tabernacle? Created heavens and earth, made man in his image, provided for man in a desperate situation after delivering him daily, permitted, uh, provided daily bread, but he can't build a tabernacle? It, it's amazing the things that we trust God with. And it's even more amazing the things that we don't trust him with. And all the lesson is intended to teach today is that God has a, a way, he has an order, and he has commanded us to do his way and to do everything in decency and in order. 21 and 22 of Sister Bonds. And he brought the ark into the tabernacle and set it up and set up the veil of the covering and covered the ark of the testimony as the Lord commanded Moses. Uh, what did you say in verse 21? What was the last thing you said? As the Lord commanded Moses. As the Lord commanded Moses. So it didn't stop. See, a lot of folk, they're very prideful. Brother Bogan, but Davis, I'm telling you, they're very prideful, Fred, you know, at the beginning. And they, they, they bought that money. They're enthusiastic and building. But now the building is constructed. And now the furnishings 
need to uh, take place. And most folk want to get involved in. I'm talking about days, folk. I, I'm talking about, see, see, I've been around a couple of church building projects, uh, Brother MacArthur. I, I've been there. I, I've been there. I, I, and I got the lost hair to prove it. I, I, I've been there. I don't hear anybody suggesting, oh, well, you know what, Moses, why don't we lay the curtains this way? And why don't we hang the drapery this way? And oh, let's not put this in the, uh, the, the art. And even if there was someone that said that, Sister Bonds has read to us, and they did, I mean, and Moses did as God commanded. As the Lord commanded, Moses did it. Because Moses was bent on doing it God's way. There's a reason. There's a reason to the uh, madness. And in this, in verse 29 and 30, uh, Sister Barnes, let, let, let's, let's look at something. This is all a part of the preparation. All a part of the preparation. Okay, you want to go time. to verse 29? Because you have said 21 and 22. Uh, no, no, uh, 29. I'm sorry. Go to 29. Okay. And he, put, and he put the altar of the burnt offering by the door of the tabernacle of the tent of the congregation. And he offered upon it the burnt offering and the meat offering as the Lord commanded Moses. And when you get in the tabernacle, when you get in the place of holy worship, Brother Bogan, would you please worship? Would you please uh, do it? Would, would, would you not? Uh, uh, would you please not close the tabernacle down that day and say and just marvel, just have tools, have the outside world come in to see the big bond that you've built? Would, would, would you please not do that? Would you please just do what the Lord commanded you to do? Since it's all about worshiping Him, it's not building. The building. It's about the worship that you do in the building. So certainly, after all this preparation, this, this, this tabernacle is now dedicated. And it's dedicated uh, with burnt offerings and with a meat offering. It's dedicated with worship. And, and verse 30 says, and he set the labor between the tent of the congregation and the altar and put water there to wash with all. That little, a lot of people may think that's an insignificant detail, but it's very, because it has an even greater message that extends far beyond the facility itself. And that message is that this place that has been sanctified and dedicated, built for worship. It's holy. You come here. You don't approach this place any kind of way. Kind of goes hand in hand with what we talked about last week, respecting God. This place. You don't act any kind of way. There's something special about this place. God commanded the building of 
this place. <sighs> Let's get ready to go. So bonds in verse 34, I want to show you something. Before you start reading, let me just share. Then a cloud covered the tent of the congregation, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Then the cloud covered the tent of the congregation. God specified every detail of the building of this tabernacle. God decides even the order of worship. God sanctifies this place of worship that the people, the community of Israel had built. They built it with their resources. They built it with their skills. They built it with their hands. They assembled it with, because, you know, uh, Sister Bond read that Moses assembled, Moses wasn't working by himself. That uh, it was too large of an effort. Someone was helping him stretch that, that tent over the hour. But all of that detail is given to us to show the orderliness of God. God is orderly. And you, 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 you can blame these folk for a lot of things, but during this period right here, it seems like they were pretty focused on doing what God says, on building God's house. So God ordered the building, he drew up the blueprints. He gave all the details. But verse 34 says something. Then a cloud covered the tent and the glory. A cloud signifying that God's presence is in this place. Have you ever gone to some churches that have just been newly open and you're wondering, you look all around, you look at the furnishings and you try to decide whether or not you're in a nightclub or Gilligan's out. Yeah, you know, you, you, you're really trying to, trying to figure all that out. Can the Lord be in this place? Yes, he can. And I'm not one to say the is or not, but here it specifically says the glory of the Lord came over the temple and the Lord filled the tabernacle. You can build all the bonds you want, but if God isn't there, it's just a big old bomb. You can build all the grand palaces you want, but if God is not there, all it is, is a lofty place for people to come and gather. But is God there? God says here in 34 that 
he filled the place that they built for him with himself. Therefore, that place couldn't have anything but glory. Verse 38, and then we can go. For the cloud of the Lord was upon the tabernacle by day, and fire was on it by night, in the sight of all the houses of Israel throughout all, the, throughout all their journeys. They had constructed this thing God's way, just as God commanded. They built it to his specification. They furnished it to his delight. They sanctified it as he commanded. And he filled it. That's what 34 says. And he filled it. 38 says, and he was in the midst of them. Always. You want God to be in the midst of your everyday life? Do it his way. Be obedient, even in the building. Because he is the building designer. He is the architect. Therefore, he's the architect. He is the one that uh, laid it out for you, the interior decorator. But he's also the final inspector. Because it says when God filled the tabernacle, that means he put his stamp of approval on what men had built. Just do it God's way. Be obedient. Even though in what we call a mundane thing, building the church. Be obedient. See you guys next week. Have a great time in church today. We will.